Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Hangout in the Holy Land, Land Grand Holy Land's flagship podcast. I am your host, Gene Ross, and we're doing things a bit differently this week. We're coming off a week hiatus, and so we kind of mixed up our podcast schedule a little bit. Justin is going to be joining Connor on our new basketball podcast, and so now it's just going to be a two-man show with me, my, uh, myself, and, of course, Josh Dooley. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm good, Gene. Excited to be back, and, uh, yeah, we're going to miss Justin, but uh, we'll, we'll run the two-man week. Yeah, for sure, and Justin will probably be back. Uh, once we start getting in season, we do some of our recaps. We might go back to three-man there, but we'll see how things shake out. But for now, it's going to be me and Josh coming at you each week, and uh, we'll try to get more regular on that now that uh, things are more settled here at Land Grant. But, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that we have to talk about over these past couple weeks, especially since we've had a week off now. And the biggest one coming off of last week was the introduction of a new name, image, and likeness bill in Ohio. You know, we've seen a couple other states around the country start to introduce their own bills uh, ahead of which, you know, people have been st- kind of pointing to July as like a date for like the whole country as a whole to kind of get on the same board. But it's good to see that Ohio now is getting on it because obviously that impacts Ohio State greatly. Uh, Josh, before we get into like the details of that, what do you think of just name the whole name, image and likeness uh, kind of battle between, you know, these college athletes and the big programs in general and like how things have gone over the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, uh, Gene, I need to know that we're we're in the trust tree, the tree of trust here. Um I could be old man yelling at cloud, but it's all sort of a bummer for me. You know, I think it's good for Ohio State, the state of Ohio, that they are being proactive and keeping pace with some of the other states. You know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, some others already have legislation in place. Um, So so it's good that we're keeping up there and it's going to be a draw for recruits. But at the same time, and I, and I definitely want to get your feedback on this or your opinion. It seems like another step towards not the end, but the wholesale change of real amateur athletics. This combined with the transfer portal, combined with certain sports and leagues kind of incentivizing or giving an option for players to leave school or skip school altogether to pursue a professional opportunity. It's definitely changing the landscape, and it's never going to be the same again, which is kind of a bummer for me. I love college sports. It's kind of the last bastion of hope for doing it for the love of the game and school pride, state pride, what have you. So while it's good for the for Ohio State and you know probably the individual sports, it is kind of pushing us further and further in a direction where I'm like, man, you know, college sports are really never going to be the same. Yeah, you know, I see where you're coming from, and it is a really kind of just tough situation to deal with because, you know, we see this corporation, this NCAA that's making, you know, billions and billions of dollars each year off these athletes, and it is kind of a tough balance because, like, you want these kids to kind of get a piece of the pie that they themselves are baking, but at the same time, you know, there's there you don't want it to be, like, just a, a minor leagues for the NFL, which, I mean, is what it is already, but, you know, you want you want something to happen. I think there's, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but there's a the Ohio bill and, like, what there's, like, a different national bill that's being proposed are both very different things. Uh, Ohio, the Ohio bill is more just, you know, allowing these athletes to make money off of themselves through like, you know, advertisements, sponsorships, stuff like that. It's not really a bill that's aimed towards, you know, making a salary or getting players, you know, to be like paid uh, almost like employees for their schools. So it's, that's 
I think that's kind of the better way to go. I think that's the way we're heading. And that's the more, you know, people are kind of, you know, even though the NCAA doesn't like it, they're kind of, they kind of are forced to accept it because that's kind of the way that these athletes are, you know, they, they realize that how much, how much value they have and that, that this is, you know, something they should have had this whole time and something they've earned. Um, but then, you know, we see on the national scale that there's, there's been a bill proposed that, you know, wants to make players to have the ability to, you know, unionize and really, you know, really kind of almost become like employees and get like kind of like paid on a salary. And I don't know if I would go that far. I, I see where they're coming from. And I understand that, like, you know, playing football is a dangerous game. And, you know, you're putting your body on the line for no money. And, yes, you get scholarships and, you know, food and stuff, but that's not the same as getting paid when you're, you know, putting your putting your life on the line almost really every weekend for, for this school that you're not making anything out of. But, you know, yeah, like you said, it is kind of uh, – it's a weird time for amateur sports. It is kind of different to the college game to have money involved, even though, you know – Everyone's been making money around the college game forever, except for the athletes themselves. But it is, you know, it, it's a tough, I think it is a tough situation because, you know, you want these players to make some kind of money. But like you said, you don't want it to be just like, you know, a, a less incentive for players to even like play or just go go elsewhere, play overseas. Like, oh, kind of like how the NBA is starting to get with college basketball, how some players are starting to, you know, choose the G League over playing at uh, different colleges because, you know, you could play as an amateur and get paid for it rather than going to school for free. So I do think in a way that this will help college football and like not lose these players to other opportunities because of the ability to make some extra cash. But I, I see where you come from. It is it is kind of like a, a change in the way of life for how things have been for so long. But I do think it is kind of a – I think overall it's a positive change. Yeah, you know, I, I... – I definitely believe that these athletes should be rewarded in some way for the value that they provide to either the school, the conference, the sport itself, the NCAA. So uh, unfortunately, I'm sort of like the modern day internet. I don't have a solution. I just have a problem. You know, I, I think that while they should be rewarded, I don't know how to go about it. And so maybe this all works out for the best and it, it kind of, uh, incentivizes kids to stay in school. Maybe it'll have that effect, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the coming months and if the NCAA can get their act together and kind of do sweeping legislation or sweeping rules across the country that equal the playing ground so that certain states don't have an advantage or certain programs don't have advantages over others. Yeah, and that's really the problem right now is that it's only, you know, a select few states that are kind of heading this way right now, even though we're, we're trying to head towards a more national scale. It is kind of these individual states that are going ahead on their own and putting forth their own legislation. So, of course, in a place like Ohio, where you have Ohio State, which is one of, you know, the big three or four main brands in college football, you, you kind of need name, image, and likeness there just for Ohio State to stay competitive with all these other, you know, states with the big schools that are that are getting these new legislations. And, and so, of course, Ohio State is, is being very proactive on all of this. They've been preparing for this for a while. Uh, they've announced that they have this own their own program that they're calling The Platform, which is basically a way to, you know, uh, kind of teach their athletes, you know, the best ways of going about things. It's going to give them live consultations with people. It's going to have, you know, NIL masterclass videos and just all all the information that these kids can need to to better, you know, to make the most out of this situation and get the most out of this new name, image, and likeness availability that they haven't had in a while. Because, you know, it, it's, it's probably tough to be, you know, an 18-year-old kid and figure out the best way to to kind of advertise yourself and really make the most out of this opportunity. So I, I do like that Ohio State's being very proactive about it. They've already, Gene Smith has already been, you know, I've seen videos of them at the Woody of him kind of, you know, on PowerPoint slides, just breaking down, uh, you know, different different stuff that's going on and different ways that this, this is going to affect them. 
So I do really like that Ohio State's doing that kind of stuff, and I do think it's it'll be overall. I think it'll be good for Ohio State, especially just because they have you know so many players that you know think of how much money Justin Fields could have made on like advertising and off right, social right. media and stuff in his time. So it's it's it is good. I think you know that's a good way to kind of a happy medium between actually paying the players and them getting no money. Is just that they're you know if you're good, you can make your own money. You could find opportunities for yourself, and the biggest names will make a lot of money. And it, you know it might it might be tough for some of the littler names, but I think even like you know a backup offensive. Lyman could have a signing here or there if you think he's going to be something somewhere in the future, and they they can make some money off that too. So I think it benefits everyone. I don't really see much of a downside to that aspect of things. Yeah, I'm glad that there's some education out there, and like you said, they're being proactive. It's it's sort of like real life Wednesdays, right? Ohio State does a great job of preparing their players for real life and the things to come. So that that's good that they've kind of put that program in place. That it, it's called the platform, like you said, and. You know, you speak about the the lesser known players or the littler guys. Maybe there's an opportunity for them to do a commercial or a signing or something in their small hometown. So it could it could bring a lot of good benefits to the table. Like I said, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out and how it's sort of regulated and watched in the future. Yeah, for sure. And you know, with everything we see, it's going to come down to the NCAA being competent, which I don't have much faith in. Uh, but Obviously, things have to change from the way they've been. We don't want to see repeats of like what happened with you know, when Chase Young's girlfriend got like a plane ticket to see him play in the Rose Bowl, and he had to miss two games about that. That that kind of stuff within the NCAA has to come to an end. Like players, that that's kind of ridiculous. It's not like anybody was harmed by doing that. It's not like even Chase Young himself is receiving any kind of benefit there. And so, I'm hoping that with the the new NIL stuff, that that kind of just dumb suspensions and stuff for very small benefits that have no effect like on field or even like not even like boosters like paying recruits like it's literally just like a you can't even buy it like a football player like lunch or it's a NCA violation mm-hmm. so I'm just hoping I'm hoping that kind of stuff is what we see phased out uh with this new NIL stuff but as as with all things especially with this being kind of a regional thing at this point uh it comes back to recruiting and this is going to be a big tool for Ohio State in recruiting we've kind of seen them advertising this knowing this is coming down the pipe for a while you know ohio state's always been good at like showing oh hey look here's look how many followers justin fields has gained this month and it's obviously you know they're not doing it you know for their for for fun like they're doing it because they're showing recruits like hey if you come to ohio state like your brand gets out there we could promote you the best and stuff like that and all these big schools are starting to do the same because they realize this is the way of the future and so this i think this will be yeah oh sorry gene i was just gonna say yeah ohio state's got to be top one, two, three, four, five, whatever you want to call it, as far as opportunity goes, once this is in some way, shape, or form put into place. I mean, there's just no arguing that Ohio State's going to have a huge advantage. Yeah, for sure. And you always see like these posts, it's like, oh, most social media interactions among uh, college football teams. And it's always like Ohio State, LSU, Texas. It's always the big dogs. It's always the the teams that are most active and getting their players. Ohio State's uh, graphics team and all their video editing people are, are second to none. They're always putting out some great hype videos and their, you know, their graphics for different recruiting and game tapes and all that kind of stuff is always top notch. So that, along with being able to market their own players, is surely a big advantage in the recruiting game. And speaking of recruiting, we are now entering the month of June, which is going to be perhaps the biggest month of recruiting maybe ever in college football history as the year-plus-long COVID-19-induced recruiting dead period has finally come to an end. Uh, It's June 1st as of this recording, so as of today, recruits can take in-person visits to colleges, uh, you could take official visits. They could go on campus. They could see the football facilities. They can meet with the coaches. And this is set to be a massive month for Ohio State recruiting, especially. Uh, you've seen it all over the place, just all this massive list of uh, guys coming in over the next month or so. 
Uh, this upcoming weekend especially uh, is going to be pretty big. The first official weekend in June, Ohio State's having what they're calling Buckeye Bash 2.0, which is like last year when they had a bunch of guys get together kind of unofficially and visit campus. This year, it's all the, the commitments are coming down and a bunch of big uncommitted guys are coming down. And so I think it's going to be really big time for Ohio State recruiting. Obviously, uh, here at Langrant, we're going to have a new recruiting podcast coming out. Uh, there's one that just dropped today with along with Bill Curlick of Bucknuts, one of the best Ohio State insiders there is. So definitely check that out with our own Matt Tamanini. And uh, yeah, so there'll be a lot of recruiting stuff going on, Josh. It's going to be a big month. Yeah, and to get it out of the way early, or not out of the way, that makes it seem like a bad thing, but to get these guys in early, I think can only be an advantage. Um, they've been away from campuses for so long, and they've had to deal with recruiting from kind of a, a, a faraway place where it's it's Zoom calls and it's phone calls and it's things like that. So to get them on campus, to get them on campus early, I think is going to be huge. And we've seen it in the past. They have these huge weekends, whether it's Buckeye Bash or some other event, where a bunch of four and five star guys come in, they get to spend some time, real time on campus and kind of mingle with each other. And I, I really wouldn't be surprised if we see a handful of commitments in June. You, you never really know. Um, it's sort of early in the 2022 process, but a lot of guys have already committed. And I think June could kind of be a turning point for others who have not committed yet, who were waiting for these visits. And so I, I hope we get to these guys early, make a great impression and see some commitments this month. You know, even this weekend, we're going to have, gosh, I think I counted five, five stars and like 10, four stars on campus, some of which are already committed, like Quinn Ewers and some of the other guys, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to hear the follow-up and see what comes from these visits because it's been a long time coming, right? We've gotten commitments here and there. I think it'll really start to pick up steam starting this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we will see a, a good handful of commitments this month. Uh, there's probably some guys that are, have been on the verge, like you said, of recruiting, of committing this whole time. And now they're finally getting to see campus. And that might just be the last uh, bit of information they needed before they make their final decision. And I think it's going to be really good to, you know, have a lot of the, the 2022 current commits, like you said, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Burton, all those guys. Uh, CJ Hicks actually was tweeting out pictures today. He's already on campus doing, taking some photos with the staff and stuff. So it's good to see those guys get back on campus and kind of mingle with these, these coaches that they haven't gotten to talk to in person for a long time. And uh, it's going to be good to have these guys in, in, you know, the uncommitted guys' ears. They have, you're going to have all these Ohio State recruits telling them why they committed to Ohio State and why they think it's the best. And, you know, it, it's going to be good there. These guys, you know, C.J. Hicks especially, uh, has been really good at kind of being a peer recruiter out there. So it'll be good to have him, Quinn Ewers, Caleb Burton, all the big names in this class meeting with these uncommitted guys and trying to get them involved. Nice. Even I saw even, you know, Taraja Mitchell uh, was tweeting this morning how he's already getting his recruiting started. So they'll... <laughs> The current players will be mingling as well, so it's, it's going to be good vibes overall. I feel like I'm very happy that these kids. I feel bad for the guys in 2021 that didn't get you know their full recruiting experience. I think it's you know you need this kind of stuff. You need to be able to see you know what your what your uh, future classmates are going to be like, what your future school is going to look like. And a lot of the 2021 guys didn't really get that that full experience. So I, I'm happy that these kids are finally getting to do the full ever get the whole thing they want to see and make sure they're making the full right decision before they you know they make a huge huge life decision. Yeah, and there's a natural tie-in, too, of, right, hey, guys, we're working on this NIL legislation and these NIL rules, you know, that's going to make us shine brighter as a state that's getting ahead of the game there 
So to be able to pitch that in addition to the fact that, hey, we're the Ohio State University, we're the Buckeyes, that, you know, that natural draw already, they've got that tie-in that's real recent and on people's minds that they can kind of uh, pitch even further. Yeah, for sure. Everything everything that anybody does in college football always comes back to recruiting. So if Ohio State could find a way to make anything a recruiting advantage for them, they will do it. And I'm sure they'll use this NIL stuff to their advantage. And, let's, you know, put a, uh, let's put an over-under on it. Maybe we'll remember it for next week. First new commitment. What, what do you think? You think it happens this weekend? I wouldn't be at all shocked if it was this weekend. I don't know if it'll be a big name this weekend. One guy I've had my eye on for a while, just talking specifics. I think Xavier Nwangpa, the safety, is a guy that's kind of been in Ohio State lean for a while. And I'm not sure if he's going to be on campus this weekend or next weekend, but I think he's a, a big name to watch out for when he's on campus. I think he's one of the guys that are that are closest to kind of committing and being on the edge for a while. He's he's I think he's from uh, Iowa. He's from the Midwest somewhere, but he's uh he's a big name safety. They've been looking for a big safety. Uh, there's a couple of guys out there they've got their eyes on, but I think he's a, a guy to look at, look out for. But yeah, I would I would not be at all shocked if one came this weekend. I don't have anything that like I've seen trending or somebody that's you know getting some a bunch of crystal balls right now that I'd really have my eye on specifically. But he's a guy just during this month of June that I'd keep an eye on. There's a bunch of guys that are tweeting out, you know, starting this past weekend, all their official visits and Ohio State's on, you know, pretty much every five-star recruits list. So they'll have a good chance to get their fair share of guys. And yeah, I don't think I'd be surprised if I saw at least one or two this weekend at all. Yeah, you brought up Xavier Nwankpa. Um, He is scheduled to be here this weekend, and you alluded to it, big-time safety. That's what we need, uh, especially with the secondary rebuilding and have, having a lot of new faces in here. So yeah, he's an interesting one. And uh the guy out of, I think he's out of Texas, Amari Avery, he's a defensive end, um, huge target, just huge specimen, and he's kind of the, the Larry Johnson special, right? That's the five-star that Larry wants to go after and, and get into the program, so he's another one I'm interested in seeing what he has to say about his visit. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, speaking of big defensive ends, they also have from the, the 2021 class, if you could believe it, an uncommitted five-star, one of the best in the country, JT Tuimalau is scheduled to visit campus sometime this offseason. He is also visiting Alabama, and I think that visit comes afterwards. So it is going to be kind of a tough battle for Ohio State there if, you know, Alabama's the – it's it's tough in recruiting if whether you want to be the first or the last. You know, you, you want to be the first to kind of get in there early, but you also want to be able to leave the lasting impression and be the last one that he sees and last thing on his mind. So – it's gonna. I think that battle is going to come down between Ohio State and Alabama, and it's a battle that's been going on for quite some time now, but he is finally scheduled to be on campus sometime this June, and so that's another name to keep an eye on. That's a name Ohio State fans, if you follow recruiting at all, you've, you've heard a ton at this point. So if they're able to add him alongside Jack Sawyer in that 2021 class, that is a ridiculous defensive line haul, but we'll have to see what happens there with that one. Yeah, I'm glad you pronounced his last name because I was just going to call him JTT. <laughs> uh, like you said, Alabama does get the last shot, but... I think that's probably a 50-50 call. I think if he sees what Ohio State and Larry Johnson has done over the last handful of years, biased, obviously, here. But I, I really hope he ends up at Ohio State. And really, I just if he does, I want to get him in here. It, like you said, it's strange that he's still part of this 2021 class. But um, that is the one that everyone's kind of waiting with bated breath for. Yeah, and he's been, you know, he's been pegged as an Ohio State lean for a while. He has a good relationship with Larry Johnson, so it's not like Ohio State's just at the at the start of this and just at a 50-50 battle with Alabama, even though I do think it will kind of come down to 50-50, but they've they've put their work into this point, so I think they do have the edge right now, and it just comes down to how much he likes his visits between the two, and that could be the deciding factor, but 
you know, as with everything, you know, there'll be a bunch of recruiting news coming up this month. So be sure to check out Land Grant Holy Land. We'll have our daily uh, recruiting piece every morning. We'll have the recruiting podcast with Matt and various other recruiting guests that he's going to bring on. So, uh, and anytime there's a commitment, we'll obviously have that for you. So just be sure to stick with us. We'll have all the latest in recruiting for you guys. Speaking of people coming to Ohio State, uh, Ohio State announced this morning that they're going to be um, starting to sell season tickets. And their Gene Smith says that, uh, you know, if everything goes well, he's hoping that it'll be full capacity this season. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I am excited to not only have the fans in the stand, but to get the band back, to get the whole college football is all about fanfare and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And we lost so much of that last year. And just to have that back and kind of feel a sense of normalcy again will be a, a very welcomed addition to all of our lives, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, to have 100,000 hopefully in the shoe will be it's, – it's something that's been sorely missed. And I think back to this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and even a little bit before that, it sort of started to feel like sports was normal again. We got to see a lot of crowd interaction. A lot of these NBA teams are bringing fans back into their playoff games. And uh, we saw, I think, 100,000-plus at the Indy 500 in – I can't tell you how excited I was. I was traveling a lot this weekend, but I caught as many sports as I, I could, you know, traveling and while I was on vacation last week. And it's, you know, pun intended, it's an entirely different ball game when you've got the fans in the stands screaming for the home team, screaming against the opposition. Um, unfortunately, we saw some, some misbehavior by some of the fans at, at NBA games, but by and large, it is such a welcome sight and such a welcome thing to get people back and cheering on the, the teams that they've just so sorely missed. It's, uh, I, I really can't even put it into words how exciting it is to finally get people in there. Yeah, it is really great to see. And like you said, some people have uh, forgotten how to act in large crowds and around people. But, you know, we're working our way back to that as well. But, yeah, I think, you know, across the board, like you said, we've seen the NBA bring back fans. Uh, the hockey has been coming. NHL has allowed a bunch of fans back in a lot of their arenas. Uh, baseball has been slowly increasing their capacity across the sport. So. I think with outdoor sports, it's a lot easier. So if you're seeing the NBA and the NHL have some success, obviously they're taking their precautions, whether that be, you know, proof of vaccine or proof of a negative COVID test, whatever it takes to get inside the building. Uh, Some sections have to wear masks, whatever it is, people seem to be, you know, doing their best to adhere to these, uh, these safety precautions and it seems to be going pretty well. So I don't see why, you know, if everything's going according to plan and people, you know, the vaccine numbers keeps going up and all this stuff, the numbers look good, then I don't see why they can't have full capacity in Ohio stadium this, this uh, fall. And it it should be really fun. There's a lot of big games for Ohio state this season. Obviously the first home game of the year is going to be that big Oregon game. So I'm sure fans will be uh, chomping at the bit to get back in that building and yell. And hopefully the crowds are even louder than ever with all the time off they've had to, you know, rest their voices and get prepared for this upcoming season. Yeah, I don't know about you, but, you know, I watched all the games last year, obviously, and it didn't take away a whole lot for me because I just I, I love Ohio State football and other sports so much that I was I was still going to be tuned into the game. I was still going to be keyed in. But it, again, going back to this weekend a little bit before, it just reminded me so much of what we missed last year. It was still a great year last year to watch the 2021 or 2020 team. But it's just going to be exponentially that much better when we start to see the fans in there. Yeah, I don't think overall, like you said, it didn't make a huge 
impact on the watching experience just from watching it on TV. But I think the game that you did feel it the most was the Penn State game, just missing that that whiteout and that hostile environment that you're so used to. I think that was really the game that stood out as like, man, this this really sucks not having this. But like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, but like you said, like it really was like watching from home. You really because if you're just showing the field and they're not showing the stands, you really couldn't tell. And a lot of the, uh, the stadiums had pumped in crowd noise and all that. And while that isn't obviously the same. Uh, it didn't really take away a bunch from the viewing experience, but it will be a lot of fun to have that back. And you kind of see what you missed once you see it again. You'd be like, wow, this was, we really needed this back. And of course, you know, having Ohio State band, the best band in all of college football back on the field is something that we are also very excited to have back. I can't imagine how excited they are too. I know the band is a big part of the program and what we do here. So that's, that's really good for them too. They're not the student athlete, but their student experience is made that much more special by being on the field, a part of things. So really excited for them. Absolutely. They're excited to be back. The fans are excited to be back. And I'm sure the players are super excited to get the fans back. You know, these guys are, these are young kids that come to Ohio state to put on a show. And when you you put on a show in front of empty stands, it doesn't quite feel the same. You know, there's millions watching on TV, but you don't really get that, you know, that you're kind of on a big stage if there's nobody there to watch it. So I'm sure everyone involved is very excited for this to happen. And I'm glad that we're, we've advanced to the point now where this is a possibility. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, even if it isn't a hundred percent, I'm sure it'll be pretty close to full capacity when the fall comes, if not full capacity. So We'll be on the lookout for that. But yeah, they are selling season tickets now. So I don't know how they're working it in terms of numbers or like where like sections and stuff like that. But the today was like the first day they announced they'll be doing it. So that is obviously a step in the right direction. Uh, and just talking about other Ohio State adjacent things we saw today. Um, uh, Dwayne Haskins is in the news, not himself personally, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, if, you, if you're not aware, Dwayne Haskins is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they were talking to Big Ben today. And he was saying, you know, that uh, he's really liked what he's seen from Dwayne. Uh, his exact quote was that he was, he was talking about how his throwing motion and mechanics are really pretty. And he basically, his, uh, his exact quote was that he could, uh, Haskins could throw a ball through a car wash and it wouldn't get wet. Just talking about, you know, that, that kind of that arm uh, accuracy and strength that we saw in Columbus and we never quite got to see in Washington. So, Josh, I'm curious what you think of uh, Haskins in Pittsburgh and just what do you think of his new, you know, his new home and what, what, what is his like outlook now that he's on a different team? You know, I I have really high hopes for Dwayne. I did when he when he left Ohio State and he was drafted. It's pretty evident that there were some maturity issues and some development issues that he had to kind of he had to go through. Those are growing pains. A lot of athletes and just a lot of young adults in general go through that. So I hope that he can get back on the right track. And I think Pittsburgh is a really good situation for him. He's obviously going to sit behind. Ben Roethlisberger and learn provided he's on the roster. I assume that he will, will make that spot, but he'll have a chance to sit back, learn a new kind of uh, very pass heavy offense and, and see what he can do. So I hope that he takes this second opportunity or this second chance and he runs with it. I hope he takes it very seriously and he keeps his, his nose in the playbook and, and learns and develops and gets his career back on track to where I thought it could be and where I think a lot of people think it could go in that, you know, I, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he could be a really good NFL quarterback as long as he keeps his head on straight. Yeah, for sure. And when he came out of Ohio State and he was in that draft, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I was really hoping they were going to draft him. And I was surprised at how far he fell. And then, like, I just to see how he played in Washington, it wasn't the Dwayne Haskins we had seen in Columbus. And like you said, the maturity issues were something that had come up before, even in his time at Ohio State. You know, people were noting how Urban Meyer never really seemed to kind of talk up Dwayne Haskins. 
sort of like in a in a way to not let him get a big head like he didn't want to up him too much and and make him think that he was the man and all this stuff and that he didn't have to work hard to get what he wanted and we kind of saw I think the reason that that was the way it was when he got to Washington and I think him being in Washington specifically you know going back to his hometown being around his family and like his camp and like all these people that are probably always telling him he's the best and all that stuff I don't think that was good for him in Washington and I also you know the Washington front office itself was a, a complete mess and you know half the team didn't want him half the team wanted him so I don't think he was really he didn't get a fair shot there in general and then on top of that just having all his own people around him hyping him up the whole time probably it's probably the worst possible scenario for him to go to so I think that him getting a new start in Pittsburgh is going to be very good for him hopefully you know he he realizes that he has to get things together and he has to work hard in the NFL it's not going to come you can't just step on campus and be at Ohio State and throw for 100 touchdowns against you know Northwestern or Purdue you actually got to work your ass off in the NFL to make a starting spot and so being behind someone like Ben Roethlisberger who has a ton of experience has won Super Bowls it's going to be really good for him I think and I am I also have high hopes for him you know we've seen what kind of quarterback he could be. He's not a bad quarterback. We know that for a fact. We saw him throw like 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. He is a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's got good accuracy. And if there's, if he could just get, you know, his extracurriculars in, in check, I think he could be a good quarterback as well. Yeah, two really good points by you. Going back home, probably had a lot of yes men and yes people around. And the Washington football organization seems to be on the right track now. I think Ron Rivera is a good coach, but in his in the totality of his time there, they were not always the uh, most highly respected franchise in the league, and they are still far from it. So, a couple of really good points by you. I think that the situation did him no favors, and hopefully, this new situation will do the opposite. Yeah, and I mean, ironically, the Washington football team has now become the Washington football Buckeyes. They got both uh, they got Terry Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel out there wide receiver, and then they got Chase Young on defense. So. Hopefully all those guys are, are doing well out there. I know, you know, Terry's obviously been killing it and Chase won Rookie of the Year, so I have high hopes for all those guys. It sucks for me as a Giants fan to have to root against them, but I definitely root for them on an individual level uh, during the season it's, as long as they're not playing against the Giants. Um, and yeah, you know, between between Dwayne and, and Justin, you know, we have two quarterbacks in the NFL now that have high hopes. Justin obviously has the... Uh, the bigger spotlight right now there's a chance he's there I don't know if he opens the season as the Chicago Bears starting quarterback but uh, I think there is a good chance he does and if he does then his first game will be on Sunday Night Football so there isn't isn't much bigger uh, expectations than that, I'm sure. And, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne's going to a place now where there's not much expected of him. You know, he's kind of just an afterthought there. But if he could put the work in and, you know, they don't really have a clear successor to Ben Roethlisberger right now. So maybe it is Dwayne. Yeah, hopefully those two guys can kind of flip the narrative for Ohio State quarterbacks and, and be successful and kind of prove the doubters wrong. Yeah, for sure. We'll be uh, we're rooting for we're a pro Dwayne Haskins and pro Justin Fields podcast. That is for sure. So, hoping those guys uh get much success in the next level. But um, other than that, I think uh, you got anything else for us, Josh, or is that pretty much it? No, you know, I've been on vacation for a week, so I really need to ease into this. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground, Gene. So nothing else on this end. Just really excited about uh, the month and months to come. Now that we're starting to see some some normalcy return to sports. Absolutely. And I'm sure we will have a ton of, you know, we're trying to, this isn't really a recruiting podcast. Like I said, we have our own other channels to go through that, but I'm sure we will bring up some stuff as this month goes on, as that will be the the big hot topic over the next couple of weeks. So... Uh, but other than that, that's our show for today. Uh, this has been Hangout in the Holy Land. Um, I am your host, Gene. And for Josh Dooley, uh, signing off, we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>